have been shifting digitally for quite some time, but with recent events, however, many have been catapulted into this space. Joining the discussion today on Thursday, May the 8th, 2020, is Lee Hackett, the CEO of Blueprint X. Lee's going to discuss how the successful digitalization of their business has helped them become more relevant in their sales and marketing processes. So ladies and gentlemen, another week, another podcast. Um, this is Colin Day, Managing Director for EMEA at uh, Octopost. This week, I'm joined by a good friend of mine and a good friend of the company, Lee Hackett, the CEO from Blueprint X. Lee, welcome to the show. Hi, Colin. Yeah, no, thanks. And thanks for having me on. Lee, so, you know, you're a dab hand at podcasts. You're a host of your own podcast series over at uh, Blueprint X. And we'll get into what Blueprint X do in a minute. But your series is called The Level Up, if I'm not mistaken. Is that correct? It is, yeah. Um, how, long, how long have you been doing that? So I kind of started to play around with it about, about a, over a year ago, um, and um, 18 months ago, and really just to experiment on, you know, podcasts were just getting going then, um, played around with different types of guests and um, different formats, different ways of doing video, doing some by Zoom, and... Um, yeah, they you know podcasted a, a now an established channel, Medium, which has grown massively. But um, and it, and it's a definite interesting time at the moment to be doing podcasts for sure. Yeah, I mean a lot of lot of interesting times for a lot of different reasons, right? It's like um you know not just what's happening in the economy in the world in general, but uh, you know just just the ability to be able to deliver them through through different channels, right? And consume them on the one thing that consistently sits in all of our pockets, right? Our mobile phones. So so Lee, talk to me a little bit about Blueprint. What what are, you know, what is Blueprint? Where did it come from? What do you do? Yeah, so really simple. Um, you know, Blueprint was founded in 2013. Uh, under another name, but basically uh, Blueprint X um, uh, spun out of a, a university in, in the north of England, um, really focusing on where you and I met, which was the kind of the MarTech industry, Martin technology and the explosion around that and the use of that. See, I wasn't going to go and say that I was one of your first customers at SunGuard and, and subsequently at FIS Lee, but now, now you've put it out there, right? Well, it, you know, full disclosure, right? So full disclosure. that's important. Yeah, full disclosure and transparency, you know, that that's important. So, um, yeah, so that's where you and I met and, and that industry. And, you know, Blueprint Next Today is a global um, consultancy firm, you know, really focused on the B2B space. And I like to use the term as, you know, we're helping organizations, B2B companies unlock the value in their business, right? And we do that through technology. Um, and you know, that is really about, and which is very relevant for today and today's, you know, current situation is how a business is digitizing or enabling their business to become more digital in that marketing and sales process and, and sales interaction with their customers. So that's, that's our world. Um, and, uh, and that's our focus. And obviously at the moment it's a, you know, very, very relevant. So Lee, you haven't always been in the the Martech space, right? You haven't always been in business. Yeah. I mean, 
look at look at your you know if you stood up and did a 12 for the audience right they'd see slackham you know your your physique and they could probably guess that you've been uh, an international athlete yeah or a professional athlete slackham for a number of years you used to be a professional football player right did yeah yeah and uh, how did you go from football to business yeah no it was it was actually quite quite simple and quite logical so when I played football, um, you had to go to college, right? So I played football right from I was a really, you know, a teenager professionally or a good level right the way through to leaving school. And um, so when I played football, you had to do something else as a backup, right? Because as you know, and as everyone knows, this professional, uh, professional sport in any way, shape or form, you know, the, there's tiny percentages of people who really, really make it and make a career out of it. So, um, so I did, I did, I went to college, I did business and all of those kind of things. I was terrible at school, uh, horrendous at school, but, um, you know, just stumbled into that business side and, and really was really lucky when I left playing football, when I come out of a full-time contract, I had to get a job and I was really lucky. I got into a great company. Um, in Travis Perkins at the time and, and kind of all of that sporting culture really helped me adapt to business. And also, you know, playing a team sport, you, you have to be part of a team, right? And, and I know you very well, right? And I know the team that works for you. And, and that's something that you bring out like um, in the culture of the Blueprint organization, right? Is it's all about the team. It's not about one individual. It's about about that teamwork but coming from a, a sales and marketing slack or, or working in the the sales and marketing industries like with the b2b um customers that uh, that blueprint has you know disruption's not something new to a sales and marketing organization right so you know what we're experiencing today in the current climate with the covid19 slack um issues that you know, it's quite frankly seeing the, the the traditional models of work from an office, like um, being ripped up and and everyone working from home. What what you've you know what you've seen and what you've practiced um, across your career. What what lesson do you think um, you've learned that you can bring to today's uncertainty to help? your staff and your, your customers, um, you know, through those, those times of disruption? Yeah, I think it's, I think from a, a perspective of, uh, it's a great question. I think that, you know, if, you, if we look at a lot of businesses now, what they're facing with and, you know, talking to clients daily, this is, this is what is, you know, there was a shockwave, right? So yep. everything happens super quick. Right. It was on the horizon, but it's happened super quick. It's not happened over a long period of time. And I think everyone's now in that adjustment phase. So from a point of view of how do we get everyone set up from home? Um, and I think for me, you know, if you go, if you, you know, to, to, to go back to your question, planning um, is everything in these scenarios, right? You know, being cool under pressure, showing leadership, um, you know, being responsible for the collective, being, you know, caring, um, making sure employees come first. Health, obviously, is the massive priority. But after that, 
you know, businesses need to function. They need to continue to function, right? Wages have got to be paid. Um, businesses have still got to do business. And the planning of that, um, you know, the, the leadership of that. And I think that what this has given, and this comes back to my sporting background, you know, I've always been able to deal with adversity relatively well. And I think that's just because, although this is an extreme situation of that, um, although I, I think that's because I was exposed to it so much in my career early on, right? You know, it's had to figure things out and you were constantly under pressure. And I think that's key at this stage is, and this is what we've been talking about internally is how can we lead, right? Um, as a business and what, what do we need to do? What do we need to sacrifice to lead? And that's a completely different mindset um, than, you know, how are we just reacting to the situation? And I think as things settle down, everyone's effectively working from home because we're going to be in this for looks like the long haul, then I think that what I want from this business and from our people is to help our clients, is to lead um, them through this. And I think that's what the opportunity is for, you know, the industry is people in the industry to stand up and, and, and help lead the way forward. So, so Lee, it's really what we're seeing is, you know, some, some of the projects you and I have worked on, right, in the past, like, um, you know, where I've been your client or where we've worked together, right, have been transformational, right? And some of what we're seeing right now is, are transformational projects, but they're just being done at, at lightning speed, right? Normally, we'd say if it, you know, from a sales and marketing perspective, if you're going for a sales or marketing transformation project, it's it's maybe a a two, you know, three year slack um, timeline, right? These are having to be done at breakneck speed. But you just mentioned something about mindset. Right. And, you know, I'm going there because when you and I ever talk, we talk about three things, right, for, for transformational businesses. We talk about the mindset, we talk about the skill set and we talk about the tool set. Right. So so you've touched upon mindset there. It's like, um, you know, if we think about um, you know, the, the skill set, people are having to learn new disciplines overnight. Right. And that, that's not easy. Yeah. Um, yeah. What, what are you seeing in the conversations that you're having with uh, the C-suite with inside your clients and your prospects about how they're ready in their staff or how they're, they're getting their staff to think in different ways in order to, to keep the lights on and, and to keep paying those bills that you so eloquently talked about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, definitely. And I think that's kind of where I think there's certainly an opportunity to lead here. You know, you and I know transformation quite well. We've been through a lot of them. Um, this is a different, this is a game changer, right? And, you know, from a perspective of speed, I think there's three kind of phases. So I think that the, the phase that we're in at the moment is um, a phase of just, you know, you know, the shockwave, shockwave has happened how do we how do we respond to this right and how do we make sure our our people are safe right i think that's the phase we're in still uh, it's different by different countries but right? i yep. think the second phase will then be okay where do we go from here right so how do we you know how do we make the best of this situation right now 
and already some of the people that I speak to, to in the C-suite are already in that phase. Now, that could have been dependent because effectively they'd already been going through a transformation or they'd gone through a transformation. They may have had, you know, automated workflows, right? Or workflows that are online that everyone can follow, right? Which is, makes it a lot easier um, if, you had that, if you have that kind of facility now. Or you know, your social channels are established because that's the amount of conversations recently I've had about social media as is 10x, right? Because customers are really focused on how do we communicate with our customers more, right? So social was huge anyway, it's just become much bigger, right? And so I think the third phase after that will be how do we catch up ground, right? Yep. Is because, and this is a cynical way of looking at it, but I think it's the reality is, look, everyone's got budgets, right, for the year. Hopefully, you know, set the medical side, uh, put that aside a minute. Hopefully, this is a, a short-term shock. And we, you know, maybe just for Q2, um, we come out of that, whatever that coming out looks like. And then in page two, we've got to make up that ground. Yep. Uh, and again, I'm already, already having conversations around, okay, we're probably going to have to make up, make up the ground. How are we going to have, how are we going to make up that ground? And I think that's the three phases that I kind of see this playing out in, but you know, um, who knows? Yeah. So Lee, I mean, I, I read the other day that, um, you know, on average in a B2B organization, 39% of lead conversions come from events, right? Whatever, you know, shape those events um, take place in, right? Um, and on average, an organizational set aside somewhere between 18 and 28% of their marketing budgets like um, will be allocated to, to events. With events not happening, right, at this point in time, there is that budget, um, yeah, people say that they've frozen their budgets, right? But um, I think really what I'm actually seeing is that um, people are taking a step back to say, okay, I may not be committing that spend now or a portion of that spend because some of it may already have been committed and, and therefore lost. But um, can I take that that budget and do something else with it? Can I do something different with it? Can I invest it in you know, the, the third element there that we talked about, right, technology? to to assist could i invest it in maybe social media management or social advocacy programs in order to keep the brand alive yeah as we're going through you know this uh, this time of transition is that is that what you're seeing are you are you hearing yeah, that from your clients definitely right so you know just simple yeah you know, really practical pretty much every client now is you know to you know shift into online events right obviously yep. Um, social is heavily tied into that. So, um, you know, and, and I think that's just the reality of it. I don't think we'll see, you know, there's a, there's a, it's interesting. There's, you know, I, I don't think, some people have said to me, the event industry will be, you know, completely radicalized, radicalized forever. I'm not sure about that. I think face-to-face -face events will always be there and they'll play a part. But I think from a point of view, same for this year, you know that's going to be unbelievably difficult. I think it's just what it's what it's doing, Colin. This this whole thing will just accentuate 
the shift to digital, right? Right, and, right. Um, and what we'll probably see is events being now live streamed as an option and face-to-face, -face, and you can choose, right? And um, some events will work better that way. Um, some events will maybe, you know, smaller events will probably, you know, will be, maybe become more, col uh, more common. But I think that's the, definitely the, the shift now. This will just accentuate that. And that's what I'm seeing is, you're right, I'm not exactly seeing budgets frozen. What I'm getting is, look, we, we need to continue to trade, right? Um, and, uh, you know, no one's shutting up shop. Governments, I think, have done a generally good job on supporting business. And um, so that means that hopefully we can just press the pause button and everything just springs back up as good as or as close to easy as you can get it. So I think from the point of view is, is people are saying that, okay, we now need to reallocate budget. How are we thinking about it? How can, we, how can we go and talk to our customers more in these other channels that are available like, um, like online events, like social, like podcasts, right? These things are now much, much more relevant, much, much more a priority than they were, you know, two months ago. Lee, if we, if we think about, um, you know, sales itself, right? It's like, um, you know, you're a, a sales animal, right? You love getting in front of your clients and, and, and selling. You do it as a consultative sale. You do it as a social sale, right? You, you, you're big on social media. So therefore, it's like social selling is something that's with inside your culture and DNA. Um, yeah, from a from a social um, selling perspective, right? It's it's more than just finding a conversation on a social network and jumping into it, right? There's the small matter of credibility. So, you know, what would your advice be to people listening in um, on how to ensure that you know they are they have that credibility, right? They they're seen as industry experts. What what would your advice be on on how to establish that? Look, I think I think social media is one of one of the things um, with social media is um, I think it's just got to be you, you just got to have something to say, right? I think the the credibility thing is a difficult one, right? Because it, it, it depends on what what your aim, right? So from my perspective, you know, I, I, I have no interest in being a social media phenomenon, right? It was never my strategy at the beginning my strategy is to basically connect with our audience and connect with our customers and provide some value right and actually some of the best things i see on social uh, are, are the are the least contrived right so from a point of view of a lot of people out there look like they have a lot of followers and for me my focus is really predominantly now linkedin right which tells you a lot about our approach to social um, and I think from a point of view so if you have something interesting to say whatever that is there's no right and wrong my 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 opinion would be and my advice would be to say it right um, in our business uh, I think there's three people recently in the last week who have wrote a blog for the first time and the blog is absolutely top-notch Right, and it's just because I think at the moment businesses should be over communicating, 
and uh, and I think this will you know will push more of you know people into those social channels and they my advice would be worry less about the credibility more it'd be more interested in something interesting to say so so you know loads of uh, great ideas there lee right so like you said it up, up front right it's about connecting and it's about adding value so yeah. uh, hey, that, that's that's cool um question i've been asking everyone and it's down in the weeds right so you'll love this one but um question i've been asking everyone is email dead well, well, it's two ways of answering that question. In my in my world, email was dead about ten years ago. But um, no, no. From the question you're asking as a channel, no, I don't think so. Um, I don't think it's dead. I think, um, but from an engagement perspective, um, I think it's been dead a long time ago. So, from a point of view of, um, I think it's just and it's just one channel, right? And you know, one way of communicating that is a utility, right? That's what it's a utility and that's predominantly how it should be used. And if a client, you know, or a customer wants to be communicated through, through other channels, then that's the way they, they should be able to choose what way that you will communicate with them. Right. And, you know, social, um, social media, that's how I consume my content. I, I, this morning I was listening to two podcasts and I get those podcasts was not it mine? through iTunes. Say again? Was it mine? It, it, of course. <laughs> right? It, it's number one on iTunes, your podcast. Um, but I, I didn't get it through iTunes. I get my podcast through social channels. Right? Gotcha. So yep. um, I'm a visual person, so I like Instagram. Um, and, and LinkedIn, and they're the only real two channels that I like. Um, um, uh, and other than that, you know, through iTunes and stuff like that. But I think, from a perspective of, of email, for me, it's just a utility. So, Lee, you, you bring up a good point there, right? You said you're a visual person. Different people consume information in different ways, different people learn stuff in different ways, right? So, it's really not a single threaded channel that people need to think about, right? It really is an integrated marketing or sales and marketing strategy, right? Yeah, completely. Look, I think that's the, if you take that typical B2B, I like to think about this in the typical B2B fashion, yep. you know, kind of sales process. Um, the client wants the information when they want it, right? So, they should be able to go on to a particular channel. You don't, you don't have to be available on every channel, but you, 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 this is how you can absorb information. That information should be consistent. Um, it should tell a story about, which is hard, about the business, about the people in the business. And, um, and social plays a big, a, big, a big part in that. But you, you know, effectively you should be able to, the client should be able to control the interaction um, a lot more now than, than what it was before. Great, Lee. So if people want to follow you and uh, or follow Blueprint, the, the business, um, you mentioned that the best way to get you is, is through LinkedIn, right? Yep. So they can find you as uh, Lee Hackett, CEO of Blueprint X on, yep. on LinkedIn. 
Um, what's the best way to to follow the business? What's the best way to to find Blueprint X? Yeah, BlueprintX.com um, uh, will you know be the main website, and yeah, LinkedIn, um, and that's really our, as I said, our business. We've made a a specific choice to focus um, on those channels. So um, and LinkedIn for me, Colin, as you said, that's the easiest way to you know to to find me. Excellent. Lee Hackett, CEO, Blueprint X, thank you so, so much for your time. And ladies and gentlemen, you heard where to follow the man if uh, you want to go and find out more. Lee, thank you. Thanks, Colin. Great. Appreciate it.